0: we put so much emphasis on energy on those big relationships but those so-called weak ties are incredibly important and and it's just that sense of being stepping outside of yourself and being a part of something bigger than you a feeling of belonging
1: hey everyone how you doing out there i'm maria sansone and welcome to another edition of mom to mom the podcast. And today we are digging into how happy are you? And is it something you can actually learn? Spoiler alert, it is. And we're going to learn all about it today. I'm going to introduce you to someone who quite honestly is one of the most positive people, I have ever met, Megan B. Murphy. She's the editor-in-chief at Women's Day magazine. She's a mom of three, and she is the author of a book called Your Fully Charged Life. It is a fabulous book. She is one of those people, you guys, that is just like sprinkling like a ray of sunshine everywhere she goes. But the truth is it actually took Megan some time to get there. She had a very difficult childhood. There's some some really difficult things that she went through and her nickname was actually Grumpy. So the thing is if you're out there saying I am not a happy person, I'm not someone that sees the glass half full, there's hope, there's hope for all of us. So Megan is gonna share how to find positive energy and put her quote yay In every single day. She's going to tell us how to build a sense of community and how important it is to even say hello to strangers, which is something maybe you need to work on. It's definitely something I need to work on. And why having an attitude of gratitude, and this is something that she really hits home. Having this gratitude can make a huge difference both in your individual life and just influence all the people around us. So I can't wait to introduce you to my friend and just the most positive person I know, Megan Murphy. Megan Murphy, how are you?
0: I am so excited to be here with you again. Yay!
1: I know. It's always so good to see you. Now, I know a lot of people will be listening podcast style, but for those who are watching on TV, you look so cute. I know you're fresh off the Today
0: Show this morning. I personally have no hair and makeup skills, so I got to give it up to my team, my hair team, and my makeup team, because I can basically just do chapstick on my own. So (laughs) I am feeling very pretty. You look very,
1: very pretty. I'm so excited you took a little time for us because I feel like I'm seeing you everywhere. You are doing the circuit. Your book is getting so much attention. Let's dive into that a little bit. I know that we've talked about this before, but um, for some of our listeners and our viewers, they are not familiar with your very first book called Your Fully Charged Life. So give us a little overview of what it is and what inspired you to write this.
0: Your Fully Charged Life, I like to think of it as a happiness toolkit. It's got this big, long subtitle. It's a Radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. But what that really means is a happiness toolkit. I'm going to give you basic tips and tricks that have been tested in real life that actually work to help tomorrow be more awesome.
1: Are you surprised how much traction this is getting? It seems like there must be a real need for this kind of message right now.
0: I mean, it's been really, really exciting. I mean, anytime I get a DM and someone has like sent me a picture of their book and there's notes in the margin and it's highlighted and it's dog-eared. I mean, like this little author heart does a happy dance. Like that, that's why I wrote the book because these strategies and this real world advice worked for me and I was able to transform myself. And so I'm hoping it's going to work for other people too. So that is sort of the joy of it all is, is seeing people actually use the book. So I think it's important
1: to back up a little bit though, because people see you here, look how you're so cheery. Yay, live every moment like it's yay. But this was not always the case for Megan. This is not something you were born with. This was something that you had to learn. So kind of take us back and tell us why and how you were able to make this transition to living life differently.
0: I like to say I trained to live this way my nickname as a kid was grumpy and I'm actually left. So my eight-year-old has been going to bed with my book and wow. he's reading a little bit about of my book every night. And he's like, I don't think it's for kids mom. Cause the words are really big and yet small. And like The words are <laughs> big, it. but the type is small. And he's like, I don't believe you were grumpy. I want to see that necklace. Mm-hmm. And it really touched my heart that even my kids don't really necessarily believe that I came from this place of, Of angst and negativity. And I had just really tumultuous teen years. I had big sweeping emotions, um, some struggles with anxiety and depression, and it it led to a, a raging eating disorder and really tough teen years. My best friend and I were tandem anorexics, and I passed out on a soccer field and was rushed to the hospital, put in an eating disorder program. And our parents were best friends, and her parents. Had her call me and we're like, okay, how bad is it? I, they're taking me too. And we had this pretty intense phone conversation. I'm like, just get here. We'll get through it. And she tragically jumped out of the car and died in route to being hospitalized with me. So Megan. it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. And how old were um, you, you? I think? was 16. And it's, it's great because now I have an 11-year-old daughter. And I can't fathom her going through what I went through. Because I'm in a hospital room trying to recover from an eating disorder, debilitating eating disorder that had me passing out on the soccer field. And I had so much guilt over my friend's death, which I can now call a suicide, which is even scarier to put Mm -hmm. into words. I mean, she jumped out of that car and died. It was surreal and for a young girl
1: i mean that's a lot to be going through and eating disorder alone is a full-time job and so yeah. now if you're dealing with the loss of your very good friend and it was all wrapped up in what you were doing that's heavy stuff would yeah. that be considered maybe i know a lot of people make changes when there's a rock bottom in life Was that your rock bottom and is that what sort of precipitated the big change or was it something else completely?
0: You know, I think it was interesting. I mean, it even escalated from there. I wrote about it, which was very cathartic for me. So writing has always been an outlet and a release and a way I process things. Once I wrote a very powerful essay about the experience, which won me a $10,000 scholarship and landed wow. me on an NBC special. So I was on a special and it was it was crazy because it was Bob Costas and Don Johnson celebrated me and Tristy Yearwood performed. And it was like this big, amazing celebration of, of what I had been through in this essay I had written. And then her parents tried to sue me, and then there was a lifetime movie made about, unauthorized lifetime movie made about all of this. So again, it, it was complicated and messy and intense, Yeah. but I would say it was in those moments that I really learned, without understanding in the moment what I was learning, that when you make your mess your message, when you're vulnerable, when you share your pain... It's the best way to heal because that's when if you don't ask for what you need, if you're not clear about what's happening and what you actually need, you will never really get help. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I kind of found a community that helped move me through this. And I and I did a lot of therapy, inpatient therapy, talk therapy, you name it, to get to a place where I like to say I was a functioning human being. I didn't have an eating disorder. I was going to a job. I was a functioning human being. I was not the person I am today. I wasn't sunshine and rainbows and light, but I was moving through the world. Like I was a functioning human, right? I would say like a, an interesting moment, an interesting turning point for me was really when I was working at Cosmopolitan Magazine, of all places, I was a senior sex editor at Cosmopolitan Magazine, Wow! Um, right? Like this, imagine this is where I really, things clicked for me, but it was a story I was assigned. The editor in chief said, okay, seven secrets of happiness. That's the cover line we want for next month. Go figure out what that story is. And that's kind of how it works in magazines. This is the headline, what's the story? And so in reporting that, and this was pre-Google. And so I actually had to do some digging, calling some researchers, you know, universities and kind of looking into this field of positive psychology. And that's when I sort of had this moment of like, wow, I could maybe live differently. I stumbled upon the work of Martin Seligman, who's sort of the forefather of positive psychology. And I learned about his perma theory of wellness. And it was in that research I learned that, wow there are these key attributes, these key traits, these key things that happy people do that makes them happy. So instead of thinking of happiness as this like BS bumper sticker, what if it was like this active state of doing something I could do? And frankly, I'm a doer. So once you tell me I can do happy instead of passively being happy, I'm in. I like and I, that. I just began to do differently. I I understood that if I practice gratitude, wow, there was scientific research that actually suggested that would make me happier. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And I think that's where your book is so cool, is it really marries the science behind all this because of all the good old fashioned research that you had to do and then your personal experience. So, Megan, we were just talking about these actual tangible ways that you've researched that can change people's lives and make them live a fully charged life. And your book is broken up by these different charges.
0: So it really starts with the positive charge and that's how to retrain your brain to live with more optimism and joy. And I give lots of simple tips and tricks, things for reframing your thoughts. So instead of thinking about what you have to do, what if you think about what you get to do? I don't have to go to the gym. I get to go to the gym. Sometimes making those simple mental mind shifts can really have an incredible impact on your mood. So that's the positive charge. I talk a lot about the health charge because I think if you don't protect your sleep and you don't move your body, you will never actually be happy because those Mm -hmm. things are scientifically non-negotiable. We need to sleep and we need to move our bodies. And I give you actionable strategies around that because a workout shouldn't feel like work. I'm gonna help you fun filter all of it. The love charge is really important to me. It's about our relationships and not just the ones with your spouse or your kids, but those so-called weak ties. I mean, I talk a lot about the importance of community and the importance of loving thy neighbor and loving thy cashier and (sighs) the power of really registering someone's humanity at the register. I like to call it checking in at checkout, using Mm. someone's name, making eye contact just having those pleasantries and that sense of connection. Because the more we feel like we belong to something bigger than ourselves, outside of ourselves, we begin to what researchers would call flourish
1: and thrive. It's like an act of kindness, but you're really doing it for yourself in some ways because it has a lot of (laughs) benefits.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you'll find these little lightning bolts of electric charge. We need each other, people need each other. You know, in the perma theory of wellness, The R is for relationships Uh, and those so-called weak ties have a very strong impact on our day-to-day. I mean, I'm sure we've all been there where somebody's negative energy impacts us. Oh yes. And it rubs
1: off on you and you're like, get that ick out of here.
0: Right. It it could be somebody, a rude cashier, somebody brushes against you at the store and all of a sudden you're impacted. So how can you be that force field of positive energy that you avoid those energy vampires?
1: Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, in a normal situation where the cashier is really lovely, this is great. And you have this nice exchange and you use their name and you get that little burst of endorphins that you're kind of talking about. But what if the person is a Debbie Downer? What do you do to sort of like lift them up? Is it a little bit harder then?
0: Well, I think, first of all, just always being mindful of the fact we can never control what's happening. All we can control is our reaction. So, understanding if you are met with that energy vampire, that Debbie Downer, okay, you might not be able to impact their mood, but you can absolutely impact your reaction. And instead of letting that make you go head down, sunken face, how can you continue to exude positivity? And maybe that means the person behind you in line. Mm -hmm. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I see you're getting those uh, black and white cookies. Those are my kids' favorite. Just having those little exchanges, maybe to the left of you, to the right of you to buffer the negativity in front of you. And this is
1: probably going out of the comfort zone for a lot of people. I would Mm -hmm. imagine it can be a little bit tough, especially if you're shy or introverted.
0: Well, I think if you're shy or introverted, I think it's just a matter of being cognizant of like, can you take your AirPods out? Can you put your phone away? I'm not saying you're going to barbecue with this person or braid their hair, but what kind of interaction could you have? It could just be a smile. It could just be a moment of eye contact. You don't really need to I'm very friendly. I love people. I'm like a modern day, Mrs. Rogers. So that's a little, but, but what does that look like for you? It could be as simple as a smile or eye contact. And I promise you having more of those engagements is going to start to improve your mood because it makes you, it it just creates a sense of a belonging. I call it the cheers effect in the book. Like you go to, you go to Starbucks and everybody knows your name. How good does it feel that your name is on the cup and you didn't even say your order? Yeah, that's a warm hug. It is like you're a part of something. It's sense of belonging. We all need to belong. It really is. And I
1: think right now, especially coming out of or being part of this pandemic, however you want to call it, it's affected community and it's affected those relationships. And there are a lot of people who've been very isolated and we just don't know what's been going on. It's been a very tough time for people. So really exploring those weak connections w e a k right that's what we're talking yeah. about weak yep. connections yep. um it's so important what are some weak connections in your life that you have some of your favorites
0: sure um anthony my ups man i mean i would say during the pandemic i would like order things i didn't need on amazon oh, just so i could like sit on the front porch and be like oh anthony's coming with a delivery today you know, I mean, I'm to the point now. I have his phone number and and we'll text. And I'll be like, I'm see you all. Wait, like you got to fill in. What's going on? Oh, I'm not home. Leave the packages by the side door at my pharmacy. Myra, Zoe, and Teresa are my buds. You know, that's I felt like They're not coming over for dinner. But I really enjoy those interactions. I enjoy that I know their kid's name and I know when they colored their hair. I notice those things and we engage yeah. on those fronts. And, and that feels good. It feels good to walk into Barron's Pharmacy and feel this sense of belonging and community.
1: And is there some science behind that, that something actually chemically happens in the brain when it's, we make a connection
0: exactly, like that? Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think what people don't, they think my spouse, my kids, my mother-in-law. Yeah, we, put we put think so relationships. Much, yeah. yeah, we put so much emphasis on energy on those big relationships but those so-called weak ties are incredibly important. And, and it's just that sense of being stepping outside of yourself and being a part of something bigger than you, a feeling of belonging. And I think especially during these times of, of isolation, We need to care for other people and we need to be cared for. And that could also just mean a plant or a dog if that's where you're at. But we just, we need to care and we need to be cared for in small and big ways.
1: So Megan, you have been so full of positive energy during this entire interview. What is one thing, if someone listening to this or watching this, that they, what is one thing that they can do today to live a more fully charged
0: life? I'm gonna say practice gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude, but that not saying go keep a gratitude diary or like pretend it's Thanksgiving and uh, start being grateful. How can we practice gratitude, make a gratitude adjustment, have this appreciation for what's in life without making it feel like homework? And so what we do at my house is we ask each other, what made you say yay today? So whether it's around the dinner table or before bed, we share our yay. Um, and it's it's actually, you know, I, I'm teaching them how to practice gratitude, but it doesn't feel like homework. I'm not like, get out your gratitude journal, kids. Right.
1: Yeah. It can feel a little bit like homework because gratitude is something you hear a lot about. Um, but oftentimes it is in a conversation about like journaling and all these things. And so it's on my brain. I want to do this, but then it does start to feel a little homeworky. So I like your tip because it's just Kind of like the rose and thorn that we used to do around the dinner table.
0: Absolutely. And and my kids won't go to bed with it, but mom, I didn't give you my yays. And sometimes it is like, I'll notice with my one son last night, I was like, well, what made you say yay today? And he's like, nothing. It wasn't that good of a day. And I'm like, you had Nick's birthday party. And he was like, you're right, mom. That was super fun. And so it's pausing to reflect and appreciate those good things, even if you don't want to go to bed early. Yes see there's
1: always something so we're heading into what is the most wonderful time of the year but also a lot of family chaos and mayhem and you know how the holidays are it just can be really really tough for some people so any tips as we head into the holidays to just have fun and be present and really prioritize the fun of it all and not the the
0: insanity the key is I think I want to start a movement for the month of November called no where we all become expert no-sayers and really kind of learn how to protect our energy and say no more often. Mm. Um, because sometimes saying no is a gift. It's a form of self-care and it's, and it's just showing of respect to the other person. So for instance, my mom was gung-ho on taking 18 people to New York to go to a Broadway play. That's a hard no for me. The chaos of taking 18 people into New York City from my New Jersey suburbs is a hard no. But it's a no, but. No, mom, but I love you and I want to spend time with you. What if we made that a dinner that I host at my house? No, but. So protecting your energy, learning how to say no, because it's really empowering. I could have gone to that and been rolling my eyes and miserable the whole time because taking 18 people to New York is not fun or I can get to the bottom line. I love you. I value my time with you. I want to spend time with you. No to this, but yes to you. No,
1: but I'm going to remember that because it's like they taught us in improv. It was yes. And so someone would start something, you would have to go along with it and then add to it. So you're not giving just a hard, no, it's a no, But that comes with practice too. I think we have to practice saying no. And guys, it gets easier. It
0: does. Take it from me. And that's just a moment of understanding why you're saying no. Because I don't want to do this, but big picture, I love you. I love that.
1: I love this conversation, Megan. We could go back and forth all day long. We just scratched the surface but we're out of time. So for folks out there who are interested in getting a copy of Your Fully Charged Life and where they can find you online, let us know.
0: Yay. So Your Fully Charged Life is available wherever books are sold. I always say shop local. I love a little bookstore, but it's available on Amazon and all the things. And the paperback comes out in February.
1: Congratulations. Thank you so much for giving us your time. I know you're a busy lady.
0: I'm grateful for you. Thank you.
1: All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much to my guest, Megan Murphy. I learned so much from her. One of the main takeaways, I think, for me was the non-negotiable sleep and exercise thing. And it's something I've been really working on. Um, Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please, if you want to see more mom to mom you can watch us on TV on NBC10 Boston on Mondays, Mom Mondays at 11.30 a.m. Also, we've got a lot going on on our Facebook group. So please join the community there. You can just type in mom to mom with Maria Sansone to join the Facebook group. And of course, you can binge so many of our podcasts Uh, wherever you find your podcast. So thank you so much. Find some yay in your day and I'll see you next time here on mom to mom.